Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 156 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, uh, the time of year has come where love is in the air. And sometimes love hits so hard that you need to just wipe it from your memory. And that's what we're doing today with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's right. I mean, sometimes a relationship hurts so bad. It's so painful when it ends that you just can't bear to live with the memories of it at all. And that's when Lacuna, I think that's the name of the organization, the Lacuna Org or the Lacuna Company, that comes into play. And they like steal away into your house in the middle of the night and remove all your memories. And that's not creepy enough. What's even creepier is people who work there will come find you and try and fall in love with you anyway. Yeah, that's that's true. It takes a it takes a turn for the strange. But this movie is a, a weird and wacky adventure. Um, it largely went kind of under the under the radar a little bit when it first came out. It turns into this uh, massive, um, you know, cult following here for this film. People love it. Uh, we actually got recommended uh, this film. We were talking about our Valentine's Day film at our uh, local Regal Theater. We were speaking with the uh, bartender there and said that uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was his favorite uh, romantic or uh, it was his favorite yeah, romantic favorite film. Love, fa- favorite love story. Favorite love favorite story. Favorite love so, story. That's what he said. So, so he said, okay, we're going to we're gonna cover it. Uh, you'd seen it before. I had never seen it, so I was uh, fresh coming into it, or maybe I had seen it and had my mind wiped. I don't know for sure, but we're going to talk about all that. Before we do that, Michaela, we need to come up with a really great cocktail to have for this one. Maybe it's a Blue Ruin. I don't know. Maybe it's a bottle of Johnny Walker scotch that just randomly goes missing in your apartment. We're probably going to talk about that, too. So let's uh, do this, Michaela. Let's take a quick break. We'll grab some gin, and we'll be right back to up the soupy drink. So, Brian, I was scouring the internet. I was mm-hmm. looking high and low for this blue drink that, at the beginning of the film, Clementine makes for Joel. And mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out, she was like, it's a blue ruin. But then that was also the color of her hair. And I got kind of confused. And what I love is that as we're having this conversation via text, you're sending me like little screenshots of like, <laughs> bottles and so i think what that was was a schweppes gin and tonic with bombay sapphire gin i think that's what we decided it ended up being and she called it a blue ruin because it was kind of blue but this cocktail that we found from the mediterranean dish this is not a blue ruin this is called an eternal sunshine and i think this does uh it's like a it's like an elevated like more special more valentine's day-ish kind of take on the gin and tonic that's right yeah this is like this is like take two for the blue ruin and yeah we were uh taking some like uh, screen grabs of it and yeah uses the bombay sapphire gin which is uh on a side note my favorite gin and tonic gin um and uh yeah the, the schweppes uh tonic water there we don't uh don't really get to see what turns it blue um the cocktail the blue ruin maybe she uses some of her hair dye she dips her hair in it maybe gross i don't know but uh yeah we found this called the uh the eternal sunshine cocktail so we're like that is fitting that is fitting so let's do that and we'll just turn it blue by using some pea flower blossom 
uh, gin, and we were using a local one from North Carolina here, Conniption. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. We thought that's going to be perfect. It's going to turn it blue. We'll uh, we'll get some blue ruin going in this one for sure. So let's put this together, Michaela. It is real simple because it's just a gin and tonic, basically. So you're going to build it in uh, like a highball glass with some ice. So go ahead and fill that up with ice and then go with one and a half ounces of gin. Uh, you can use the pea flower blossom uh, gin if you want it to be blue. Just use a regular gin if you don't care about the way that it looks too much. Uh, one and a half ounces of that. Three quarters of an ounce of St. Germain uh, elderflower liqueur. Quarter ounce of uh, we used clementine juice because uh, clementine is, of course, the uh, the love interest here of Joel in the film. So a quarter ounce of clementine juice, quarter ounce of lime juice. Uh, go ahead and give that a stir over the ice and then top it off with some elderflower uh, tonic. Fever tree is the one that we like. Uh, if you have another favorite one, let us know. Uh, that's the only one I've ever seen, but there's probably others out there. So so uh, let us know because Michaela uh, is big into that stuff for sure. Um, and then garnish it uh, with an orange a wheel or a lime wedge, however you want to do it. And yeah, it's just a little clementine jazzed up gin and tonic, but I think it does the blue ruin pretty good. It does. Uh, it's beautiful. This drink is, is very blue. Um, we added um, the original recipe called for some orange blossom water instead of clementine juice. So because we added fresh clementine juice, it changed the color a little bit. Um, but still really beautiful drink. The um, the garnish inside gives this brightness to it. Um, it's, I mean, look, we love gin and tonics here at Drink of the Movies. We really, really love gin and tonics. And this was amazing. I hadn't ever thought about doing it this way before. Um, and I, I really loved it. I thought it was just the right amount of elderflower. It wasn't too sweet. Um, mm -hmm. It was a little bit sweeter than maybe it would be if you'd use the orange blossom water because of the um, the sweetness of the clementines. Um, but that just brought like an extra edge and kind of even a mouthfeel to it that was mm -hmm. a little bit different. Um, just, to, just a touch. And I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. And after a couple of these, uh, you're not going to care about the boyfriend that you don't like after two years of being together or that you've decided on a lark to just erase his very existence from your mind you won't that's, care it'll be fine that's that's right you won't care you won't care if uh stan and mary are dancing over you as you're getting your mind wiped you won't care about anything at all um but i really like this michaela because it it's really just a, a super simple riff on a gin and tonic which we like just by adding you know that extra quarter of an ounce there of the clementine juice but you could totally do that with any other kind of kind of fruit juice that you wanted to and uh just jazz it up whatever you're in the mood for but that is our take on the blue ruin thank you to the mediterranean dish for the eternal sunshine cocktail as the inspiration there so uh yeah let's do that michaela we'll we'll mix up another one of these we'll grab our now empty bottle of johnny walker and let's take a quick break because we have a lot to chat about here in this week's film eternal sunshine of the spotless mind we'll be right back Hello, I'm Howard Mirziak, founder and president of Lacuna Incorporated. Why remember a destructive love affair? Here at Lacuna, we have perfected a safe, effective technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. In a matter of hours, our patented non-surgical procedure will rid you of painful memories and allow you a new and lasting peace of mind you'd never imagined possible. This is a hoax, right? I assure you, no. Is there any risk of brain damage? It's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you'll miss. Spoiler warning for the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. If you've not yet seen this, we're probably going to not do it justice because a lot happens. There's a lot of back and forth, and I'm sorry in advance. But if you've not seen it and you don't want any of those spoilers, 
then you should press pause right now. Go make yourself an Eternal Sunshine cocktail because it is so tasty. Go listen or watch the movie and then you can come back and we can chat about all the things. That's right. Absolutely. So this was released on March the 19th, 2004, uh, which is, you know, about a month past Valentine's Day, which is weird because Valentine's Day is kind of a big sticking point of the of the plot here. So I thought that that was interesting. This was directed by Mikhail Gondry, and it stars our unexpected couple of Jim Carrey as Joel and Kate Winslet as the free spirited Clementine. Um, there's a lot of other people that star in this, too. It almost like struck me as like a Wes Anderson film where they just have all these like major major players coming up in these bit parts kind of kind of weird but we're going to talk about those as we get through these the story here Michaela uh this was the winner of one academy award the best original screenplay for Bear Bismuth Michael Gondry and Charlie Kaufman uh, Kate Winslet was nominated for best actress but lost uh that year so yeah so as i mentioned in the top Michaela i had never seen this um until just a couple of days ago uh, my wife and i sat down and watched this you'd seen it before was this something that you've seen a couple of times now or was this like your first time going going back to it it was my first time going back to it and i couldn't figure out why because i did love it so much the first time um and i sort of forgot on purpose i think why i didn't go back to it and and now i know <laughs> it's really beautiful it's a it's such a poignant like psychological drama meets like romantic comedy um mm -hmm. and it's really it is a it is an intelligent romantic film so this is one of the things if you if you're not if you're into like mindless rom-com chick flicks whatever you want to call them this is not that this is something entirely different and you're either going to love that about it or you're going to not love it about it but um I watched this because it was up for best screenplay and I was watching all my Oscar films and so that is I remember being sure to watch it when uh in early 2005 before the Oscars and um I, I fell in love with it then, but I had kind of tucked it away and put it away and never really revisited it until now. And when we were talking to our bartender at the Regal Cinema, where we go and watch all of our movies, he brought it up and we thought this is a perfect, I this is a perfect film uh, to go ahead and, and do uh, during the week of love. And unbeknownst to both of us, it actually surrounds itself around Valentine's Day. So that was totally unplanned and very serendipitous, if I do say so myself. Wish me a happy Valentine's Day when you call. That'd be nice. That's right. Yeah. Call me when you get home and tell me happy Valentine's Day, says Clementine to Joel there in that first section. So let's talk about the story a little bit here. Um, Michaela, we're not going to try to go through all the beats of this because it does get pretty wonky here in terms of uh, the way that it's laying out the story going back through these through these memories. And yeah, it does take a little bit of an not a, not investment, but you have to pay attention to kind of kind of what's going on in the story here. Um, it's it's definitely not mindless, even though uh, getting your mind wiped is the uh, the big kind of uh, theme of this of this thing. But it starts off here with our first meeting between uh, Joel, who's played by Jim Carrey and Clementine, who's played by uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, Joel wakes up in the morning. He's uh, kind of all out of sorts. He's supposed to be making his way to work and then decides, nah, uh, not today. Not today. Can't be bothered going to work. I'm going to sprint across the train platform and go out to Montauk beach uh spend the day there i like he like calls his boss and is like ah, i'm just not feeling well you know he he doesn't he can't really make heads or tails of it but he's definitely in some sort of a funk and there's this girl there that's going to catch his eye um and it seems maybe like a not necessarily star-crossed lovers but i don't know like a like some sort of like twist of fate brought these two together yeah for sure um they're on the beach 
Um, it's beautiful, sweeping cinematography, by the looks way. Cold. I, I, it looks very cold. It, it does look cold. And she even says she's like, it's freezing. <laughs> and she's wearing this bright orange hoodie. And her hair is like this electric blue. Very different look for Kate Winslet. But she's amazing in it. And I love how they're just sitting. Uh, they're like miles apart on this one train car. And he's kind of drawing her. Um, and writing in his little journal. And he notices there's like hundreds of pages that are just missing from his journal. He doesn't really mm -hmm. think anything of it. That would be my first indication that something is way off. Yeah, I think he I think he says something. He's he's journaling there on the beach or something. He's like, and this is my first century. And he like looks at the torn page and he's like, for two years. Pages ripped out. Don't remember doing that. It appears this is my first entry in two years. Right. Uh, so, so that's a little foreshadowing, but it does a really good job of, you know, playing this off. This is, you know, just kind of what's happening, right? It doesn't give any sort of indication right. that that this is, you know, kind of played out in in a sense before. But yeah, they they meet on the train. Clementine is very, uh, very kind of like aggressive in the way that she's coming over to to talk to Joel, and um, it it kind of you get the feeling that uh, that these two maybe have some sort of. Uh, some sort of history together. I don't. I don't know in the way that they're talking, but they seem uh, to be hitting it off and decide to to make their way back home, stop in for a drink. She invites him to her house, and there's her house is really interesting. It's very colorful. There's all these potato creature things. I, I, it's very strange. Uh, I really love it. And she's like, "Hey, stay here. Like, hang out with me. Let's have a great time." Um, she doesn't like the word nice that really bothers her. It almost triggers her in a way where mm -hmm. she's like, ah, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Uh, don't, don't, don't use that word. Um, she very much just kind of wants him to like be enamored with her immediately. And it's kind of weird because his character, Jim Carrey's Joel, his, his version of Joel Barish is like this kind of bookish, quiet, introverted guy. But then you see mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I fall in love with anybody. He's like, damn it. I'm already in love with her. And it's really kind of sweet. And they've only been together for like 12 hours, we think. Right. Yeah, for sure. He says uh, he says uh, something along the lines. He says, why do I fall in love with every woman I see who shows me the least bit of attention? Um, I fall in love with any girl that pays me any attention or something like that. Right. And, and definitely, you know, Clementine is paying him attention, you know, on the train, she, she sees him and goes and like ends up, you know, kind of sitting next to him and, and they're chatting. And then they, they end up going, going back to, uh, to uh, her place. Right. He, she invites him up for a drink. They end up uh, going um, uh, up there, having this, uh, this blue ruin uh, cocktail and having, having a pretty nice evening. And it, it seems like it's playing out over the course of, you know, at least a, a couple couple of dates we're seeing you know this kind of progress a little bit until uh one day uh they're pulling up to uh clementine's apartment and clementine says i don't want to go uh in there can we go to your place i just have to run inside um and grab my toothbrush so she leaves joel's sitting there in the car and then uh this crazy crazy cat uh his name is patrick he's played by elijah wood comes up and bangs on his window and he's like can i help you can i help you um and then it kind of cuts uh, and it cuts to Joel sitting in his car and seemingly the same place, just sobbing, just broken down. And you're like, what is happening? Cut to the title card. This has been like the first 20 minutes of the movie exploring kind of this, this, the, you know, this very quick, like love struck, you know, love at first sight kind of love story between Joel and Clementine to Joel breaking down in his car. You're like, what is going on? What happened? What right. happened? Yeah, I mean, it, I immediately thought he had killed her or something like that. I went to this true crime place because he's just 
seems really heartbroken. Um, he goes back to his house. Um, uh, and then it gets a little, this is where it gets a little squirrely for me because he, he tries to go talk to her uh, or he goes and gets his mail. Uh, it's like the day or two before Valentine's day, he's talking to uh, one of the other guys in his building and the other guy's like, Hey, Clementine's amazing, which I find really weird the way he says it. I just didn't mm. like it, but he's like, Hey, it's Valentine's. You better do something. You better, you got to keep that one around. And you see that Joel receives this, this, yellow envelope from lacuna which is uh like a a company in new york city and he doesn't open it he doesn't think anything of it but he goes upstairs and he's like ah, i should really do something for for valentine's day so he goes he buys her this necklace um and he goes to give it to her and she legitimately looks at him like he's got three heads she has no idea who he is He's like, hey, and she's like, can I help you? Like, and she works at a Barnes and Noble apparently, um, but he's completely confused. He's like, I don't understand why you don't know who I am. And he doesn't say anything to her really because he's just so completely shocked <laughs> already. Right. Yeah. She's uh, she's making out with that guy, that guy that banged on her window. Uh, Patrick, he's there. Right. And at this point in the story, you're like, like, what's happening? Right. Like you assume there's some kind of a time jump uh, there when he wakes up in his in his car, you know, kind of in tears. And he and he goes because Clementine had made mention in their first kind of interaction that, you know, oh, you look familiar. I have seen you at the bookstore or something uh, like that. And she's like, oh, it probably wasn't me because, you know, my hair is always a different different color. But now these pieces are starting to to not really fall into place. But you're just starting to collect more of these pieces. And uh, Joel, you know, goes home tail tucked with this present that he that he'd bought for because she doesn't seem to remember him at all, which is. Uh, pretty weird. So he's going to go and visit. Uh, I think is like a, his like brother and sister in law there, who are played by uh, David Cross and Jane Adams. Carrie and Rob there. I really like them. David Cross is hilarious uh, in this for sure. And they're they're having a little bit, you know. And of of course, you know Joel is sitting there, you know, sobbing, saying that she didn't even like act like she knew who I was. And Rob's like, I need to tell you this. Uh, Carrie says this is a bad idea, but I need to show you this, says Rob. So he does, and he shows her uh, this letter that they also got from this company, right? This uh, Lacuna company. And it's basically just a statement saying that Clementine has decided to erase Joel from his life, from her life. Don't tell Joel. That would be bad. Uh, that seems like there could be, uh, uh, you know, asking for trouble, sending out letters like these and not sending letters out to everyone, I guess. I don't know the logistics of how that's going to work. But now Joel knows that Clementine went and had this procedure done to erase all the memories of him from her life. And how do you sit with that, Michaela? That is bad news. Even if you are on the outs with someone, to have you completely erased from their life, that seems yeah. bad. Oh, it's so heartbreaking to watch Joel go through it, too, because he's like, how could she do that? How could she just erase us? Like, how could she erase me? And then he's really mad. And of course, the sister-in-law, Carrie, she she, um, she and Rob are doing great as a married couple, by the way. She like throws his laundry in his face and goes upstairs. <laughs> I, I definitely understand that. And she's she's like, oh, you know, she probably did it on a lark. Like, it, she probably didn't think anything of it. And that's the, who she is. She's super yeah, impulsive. She's like and spirits like, yeah you know she probably didn't think it would really hurt you and it's not going to hurt her because she's not going to remember it it's fine and so joel thinks about it and then he's like no 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 i'm doing the same thing and so he goes to this place he goes to this company lacuna and 
that's when we see some of these amazing actors kind of fall out of the woodwork as well, because Tom Wilkinson is this doctor. He's there and he's like, is so wonderful. He explains to Joel how the procedure works. And he's like, look, you're going to talk about her and we're going to, you're going to collect up all the things that you own that remind you of her. And, and we're going to map out your brain. And then you're going to take, you're going to go home. You're going to take a met, a pill. You're going to go to sleep. We're going to crawl into your house with, overnight <laughs> and we're going to remove any <laughs> trace of her and you'll wake up and it'll be fine. And it'll be, and it'll be totally it'll fine. It'll be great. Yeah, he goes, he decides he's going to do the procedure uh, for himself or he's going to go try to find out what this procedure was, right? Because he found out that, that she's had it. So he goes into the Lacuna office and uh, we meet straight away. They're the, I guess, kind of like the receptionist, uh, kind of nurse assistant kind of thing. Uh, Mary, who's played by Kirsten Dunst, is there and takes him back. And uh, yeah, he learns I, Dr. Mirziak, played by Tom Wilkinson, as you mentioned, Michaela, you know, he says, oh, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to find out that this happened so i apologize for that and uh basically you know joel says i want to do that too so he says okay go home and get all the stuff that reminds you of her so you see him just like ransacking his apartment pulling all this stuff like paintings that he's drawn of her you know things one of those little potato dolls all this stuff i guess that, that is meant to remind you of uh of this girl clementine so he goes back in and this is probably the most heartbreaking uh scene for me in the movie as an animal lover because he's sitting there with his big trash bag full of stuff and he sits in between these two people and the old lady next to him just has a box of all of her dog's stuff and i was like that's so sad yeah so want to forget your dog i don't i don't like that i don't like that but joel is going to go in uh and uh carry this through right uh he he can he can do it too if clementine's going to erase him from her memory then he's going to get rid of her um and who's going to do it our next star up mark ruffalo playing the character of stan who's going to be the technician i guess who's in charge of wiping your brain uh mark ruffalo if i saw if i saw this version of mark ruffalo on the street i would say that guy stay away from my brain get out of here <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's he's kind of this uh lovable oaf he does it so well, Mark Ruffalo, right? He's like got these big glasses and he's like, yeah, we're, I'm going to do this and it's going to be fine. Uh, problem is, is uh, Mark's partner. Uh, he's got this other other like lower level technician, uh, Patrick Wurtz. Uh, we should remember that name, Patrick, because it's the same guy from the beginning of the film played mm -hmm, by mm -hmm, Elijah mm -hmm. Wood. This guy's creepy. They're like setting things up in the middle of the bedroom before they're going to go work on Joel. And Elijah lets Mark Ruffalo know that he has got a new girlfriend that shockingly women don't seem to like him very much. Um, he does things like scares them in hallways and like, I don't know, he's got these weird glasses and he'll make these really offhand comments. Uh, nothing overtly like gross, but just weird. Um, but Elijah, but Patrick is saying, to uh to stand that hey i've got this new girlfriend and it's kind of weird because uh she's the girl that we worked on last week uh i stole her underwear i mean it's very strange uh this guy is actually a total creep and stan doesn't really know what to do with it he's like are you kidding me this is the same girl that this guy is forgetting like she you went you you this is a complete conflict of interest you you cannot there's some seriously unethical things happening and then they just kind of laugh about it and continue to like <laughs> set up all the cords and stuff before they take out this guy's like memories of bum and time 
That's right. Absolutely. So um, I like it. The, the doctor's office, you know, I mentioned, you know, Joel brings this big bag of stuff in and they're going through and like, like tracing out his brain, basically. Right. And Dr. Mirziak says, uh, what we do then is we'll go in at night and we don't really like erase your memories, but we can, we can kind of like nick them off and then they degrade over the course of the night. So that way, by the time you wake up, you know, you don't have any sort of recollection of these, of these memories ever having, having been there. And, and that sounds pretty good. So they do like their scan and they go up over to, Joel's house that night. I like he gets they get they send him like like a pill and like a fresh set of uh, pajamas. <laughs> like you wouldn't wake up in the morning and be like, whose pajamas are these that I'm that I'm wearing uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere? But yeah, he puts the pajamas on. He takes this pill and he like passes out on the floor. Uh, next thing you know, Stan and Patrick are there. They've got their computers set up. Patrick's like on the floor, like tracing out these like fifteen thousand miles of cables that are uh, hooked up into Joel's head. And Joel's just laying there on his bed. Stan's busy at work trying to erase these memories. Uh, uh, when Mary, uh, Kirsten Dunst's character, is going to show up because, you know, she just wants to wants to see how things are going. She wants to learn how things are going. But really, she wants to, like, ransack the apartment and, you know, drink all the booze and smoke all the weed and just have a good time with Stan. And that's when things are going to go uh, kind of amok, kind of, I guess. And Dr. Mirziak's going to have to get called in to make sure these memories get wiped for good because now that these memories are starting to get wiped, Joel's having second thoughts down in his subconscious. Yeah, it's got to be a hard thing when you start because uh, they start at the beginning of your memory, um, which, believe it or not, is really the last thing you remember. So at the end of the relationship is where they start uh, erasing her. And so he's fine with it kind of at the beginning. And he's kind of in this dream state where it's his memory, so he can think whatever he wants inside of it, right? And so he's, like, running after Clementine in their very last fight, and he's like, you did this to me first, and I can't wait to forget who you are. But then they start to go further back and further back and further back. And this relationship was a two-year relationship. So at some point, right, it was actually pretty good. That's why it lasted as long as it did. And so... There's a couple of really beautiful scenes that are actually, they made my eyes and my heart sting to watch where she's like, they're laying in bed together and she's confessing to him that she doesn't feel pretty. And she really, she had this doll when she was growing up and it's this really vulnerable moment. And he's like kissing her eyelids and telling her that he thinks she's so beautiful and she's so pretty. And she's like, don't ever leave me. And it's this really sweet moment between the two of them and he's like I, I what am i doing <laughs> i i'm going to i'm going to lose all of the good and all of the mm -hmm. bad if i right. erase her completely i you know and he's like trying to wake himself up and he can't quite do it but he does open his eyes long enough to see some kind of weird things happening in his apartment <laughs> complex with the johnny walker and the crazy and mary and uh, talking about a a, a we don't see what's going on, but we know what's going on um, mm -hmm. somewhere in that in that bedroom. And it's just, you know, Joel's just trying. He's like, I don't know. I got to keep you. I got to figure it out. And he does something really neat, which is he talks to Clementine in one of his memories. And he's like, hey, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I want to keep you around. What do you got any ideas? And she's trying to wake him up and he's trying to wake up and he can't, he's like, I, I, I can open my eyes for a few minutes and see weird stuff in my room, but I can't really move. Like, I don't know what to do. So she comes up with this really great idea. She's like, hide me in the memories that you're going to keep. And then, you know, we'll just wait, we'll wait until morning. And then somehow I'll still be around in your brain. It's a really interesting genius thought. <laughs> it's a, it's a really interesting idea. Yeah. It goes through 
back through all the memories. And like you said, it kind of starts um, at the at the more near memories, you know, when things are bad and it progressively goes back. But, you know, kind of over the course of this and, you know, they're trying to fight off the, you know, kind of this procedure and, you know, hiding Clementine and some different memories. You have the memories start to sort of overlap. And here's where like the genius part of the film uh, comes in. It's all this crazy, crazy um, set design where, um, you know, memories are overlapping. So you'll be in like a car and then that car is just all of a sudden in like the middle of the ocean. And then it's it's snowing um, and the walls start falling down. It's it's really uh, amazing and uh, they did this on pretty much a shoestring uh, budget despite the uh, star power in here and how they actually made these sets uh, work and how you know all these walls are crumbling uh, down around all these different memories and and overlapping and and things but yeah eventually uh, they kind of get to the point where Joel's memories are you know completely gone of her but they are able to kind of you know squirrel away one uh, last little thing and that's to meet in Montauk so that's kind of the only thing that they know and then uh, we're going to get back to the beginning of the story basically right uh, you know Joel wakes up kind of kind of in a kerfuffle there in his new uh, pajamas and decides that that today is the day not going to go to work uh, instead going to go to Montauk and then it's going to play out into the beginning of the film uh, so we've come kind of full circle back to where we'd started the film um, but yeah, things are going to take a, a bit of a turn for the worst here because uh, it's going to come to light that uh, you know each of these characters have made the decision to wipe the memory of each other out of out of their minds right so uh, even though things seem to be going good uh, it's not all good it's not all good. I mean, we know, so in this room, we've got Mary and Stan. Stan, uh, he kind of wakes up after this dilettante moment with uh, with Mary, and he's like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, we've lost him. His memories are like, I, I, we've, we've lost the map. So he calls um, the doctor. The doctor shows up. He sees that Mary's there. He's like, what is going on, guys? And Mary's like, oh, I'm just here to learn about the process, and it's great. And, uh, so the doctor succeeds in continuing to map out and erase all of the memories, which is what we see kind of in this other frame where all the uh, the crumbling of the houses and the really amazing like erasion of erasure of what's going on. But Stan leaves the room. He goes to get some air because he realizes that he is really screwed up. And I, I think that's something that's good about Stan. It's, it's very different than the character of Patrick, which has absolutely no self-awareness that what he's doing is wrong at all. Mm -hmm. right. um, and Mary is there with the doctor as he's kind of finishing up and they're going to, they're going to clean everything up for the night. And Mary just kind of lunges at him and she's like, I'm in love with you. And he's like, uh, uh, uh I have a wife and I have kids and, and this isn't good, but they kiss and they're in this kind of bay window at the front of this apartment in walks, uh, apparently the doctor's wife and she sees this exchange and we all know that's not going to be good. So she gets back in the car. The doctor sees her. He runs out. He's like, it's not what you think. This is not what you think. And of course, Mary feels horrible. She's like, no, it, it, it's I lunged at him. It was totally not him. He was just telling me about you. And the woman looks at both of them and tells tells Tom Wilkinson's character she's like you have to tell him you have to tell her you don't be a monster and then we realize that Mary and him had had a relationship and she had made the choice whether it was completely her choice or they both kind of she felt maybe coerced into making this choice she chose yeah, to have of, the memories gloss over that a little bit they kind of gloss over that right 
she made this choice to go ahead and get her memories uh, erased of her affair that she had with this doctor. And so because she did that, she's still working in his office. She's still seeing him every day. And it turns out that even if you don't remember somebody, you're still going to love them. And you're still going to love them. You're still going right. to love them. And uh, that creates a whole problem because now she's like, wait a minute, who all knew? <laughs> did 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 Stan know? And now I'm in this relationship with Stan. And did he do this predatory thing where he like came on to me and did all these things, knowing all these things about me now that, uh, you know, it's just this. But she's angry and she goes back to the lacuna office and she's like i'm gonna make things right i don't really know if she makes things right but that's... Yeah, she, def she definitely goes uh fire and brimstone on it yeah she grabs all of the files and sends them out to uh everyone that had uh had this procedure done basically and we pick back up with uh joel and clementine they're in the car uh clementine has grabbed this package uh from her mail you know as she's uh getting ready right uh, from the beginning of the film uh we just caught back up you know she says i have to go up and grab my toothbrush and then i'll come over to your place um so she does and she comes out carrying this package she opens it up and it's a cassette tape they put it in the uh, tape deck there and it's uh, basically her uh i don't know it's almost like a like a confessional with uh with that company there uh lacuna there and it's basically all the things that she hates about joel and why she wants to have him erase from his memory and of course you know joel is not very very happy with this as uh, no one probably would be and ends up kicking her out of the car and goes home and then i uh, realizes yeah that he had gotten the same package right uh, from earlier in the film when he is uh, talking to his neighbor there and pulls that out so he opens up his own yellow envelope and starts listening to that and it's his uh confessional you know kind of all of the things that uh he hated about clementine you know about this time clementine turns turns back up and they have kind of this uh this little little chat about well you know it's is this worth starting you know if we we know now that this is how it's going to going to go you know i'm going to think that you're you're boring and you're going to think that i'm uh flighty and all of these things and uh that's how it's going to go but you know it basically you know, gets to the end of the film and jim carrey's delivery here kind of at the last line of that there says well that's okay and uh, yeah, decide uh, that it's going to going to be better uh, to be together. To have those uh, two years together is better than not having those two years together. And maybe they're going to give it another shot and see how things work out. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's how it ends. <laughs> and, and that's how and that's how it ends yeah it's it's kind of this whirlwind uh sort of tale of you know going back through these through these memories and it, it's really good it's a really good kind of examination of of love and the memories that you make together especially when you start to apply it to like your own life right uh it's just it's just a collection of memories that you have uh together with people and you know obviously you know some of the ones and the ones that you cling on to are either going to be the really good ones or uh the really bad ones you know it's it's less of kind of these mundane mundane ones and it's really neat because we get to go through those memories there and get to find out like the actual first time that they'd met right was it this uh kind of like like barbecue thing on the beach that they they were both at and uh you know joel at the time was uh was living with a girl or had a girlfriend and uh but she wasn't there and met clementine and uh they have kind of this this day together and um that's pretty great i really like like then they're driving back from the beach, him and his, uh, you know, brother and sister in the car. And uh, Rob's like, who's that girl you were talking to? Or Carrie uh, says it to him. And he's like, oh, you know, she was just a girl. Um, you know, and he has kind of this like like sheepish grin on his face, you know, thinking about her. And, and stuff like that is just absolutely um, beautiful. But yeah, obviously the the kind of highlight of this film is just just the memories and this mishmash of these memories, uh, you know, that, that Joel's experiencing uh, throughout uh, the film. I, I really love the idea 
I mean, there's a reason why this won Best Original Screenplay, because it's such an original idea that if you could if you could somehow bottle up all of the things at the beginning of a relationship and like open that up on the days when you're feeling like things aren't going well, that'd be really cool to do instead of focusing on this, the latest and greatest things that you've got, which mm-hmm. could be great or could not be so great. Right. And the longer you're in a relationship, I think that the longer, you know, the, the memories of how you got together in the first place kind of fade, right. Cause you get older. So I, I really love the idea that, you know, as, at, at, at the beginning in that transformation, that paradigm shift that Joel experiences where at first he's hurt, he's angry, and he's like, good, fine. You you didn't want to remember me anyway. I'm going to do this. And then about halfway through, he's like, absolutely not. If you never talk to me again, it's okay. And the fact that she's a part of him in his brain and she's trying to help him remember or forget or hide I really love that because I feel like when a person, when you're, when you're in a friendship or a relationship with a person, you know, the, the, the piece of them in your memory kind of becomes its own entity. And I really loved that. She, she was like, just meet me in Montauk, like in there in this crumbling house. And it's the last, it's the last memory. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to enjoy this moment. And she whispers, she's like, meet me in Montauk. I'll, I'll be there somehow. And, and it turns out that, you know, that piece of entity that ended up having no connection to the real Clementine in her real body was really her. And, you know, what that's really all the connection is, is giving yourself to another person anyway in that in that space, in that head headspace. So I really loved it. I thought this was um, I mean, it's on the register of like one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, and it only won one Oscar. Um it wasn't up for art direction. It wasn't up for editing. It was. It, I'm. It wasn't up for special effects. I'm amazed that it wasn't up for any of those. I'm not. I, I'm not necessarily surprised it didn't win. This, you know. But I just this film knocked my socks off. It definitely uh, hit me harder and and more fervently than it did in two thousand four or five when I saw it. Um, it, it's amazing. And I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it again because I know that there are going to be things that I missed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of like any film that plays, you know, kind of in this uh, non-chronological order, you go back to that first section, you're like, oh, okay, there were there were kind of these uh, little context clues that, that you pick up on on a second watch. And those are, you know, interesting to see and interesting when you go back through the memories. Um, I really like kind of the, I didn't really love the storyline necessarily with, um, with uh, Stan and um, Mary uh, in the apartment so much, but I really like their last kind of interaction together when Mary's, you know, storming out of the office there carrying, you know, the the box of the envelopes and all of her belongings and Stan sees her and goes up and talks to her and, you know, he's you, she asks him if he knew and he's like, well, you know, I had an idea, um, you know, because you were standing in his car smiling, so I kind of thought, but, you know, I didn't care because, you know, I liked you and I just wanted you to be happy. I, I really liked that. Um, this, the storyline with Patrick, with Elijah Wood's character, uh, I, I think doesn't really need to exist in the movie. Like, it seems like that is a storyline, like geared up to turn this into like a, like a psychological thriller, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but, that, but that's not what this is. And I think that that would be an interesting movie on a side note, if you made eternal uh, sunshine of the spotless mind, the, the horror story, like that would be good. Right. Someone that's like a very much like a black mirror episode where someone, mm. you know, erases your memory. I think that is like a, one of the, the more recent ones. So I, I, I didn't love that, but yeah, like that, it didn't get nominated or more, more lauded for like the like the set design uh or anything like that is is crazy because it's so bananas the way that these um 
you know, these memories are, are inter, inter, interwoven and, you know, coming mm. together and, and like that, that final one there where they're, they're in that house, which is really, you know, kind of their first memory, uh, together when she, you know, breaks into this house and, you know, asks him to stay. And then, you know, the walls are just crumbling down and the ocean's coming like up into the house. And, you know, Joel's just kind of wading through this water before he's, you know, like backing out of there, like backing out of that memory. It's, it, it's really emotional and really beautiful and just, just bananas the way that it that it comes together visually uh on the screen there yeah for sure yeah yeah i i see why it's uh it's our <laughs> it's our cool bartender's uh favorite uh romantic movie because it's pretty amazing um and significant i think uh if you've not seen it i mean i we spoiled it for you but <laughs> but it's definitely worth your time uh and if you haven't seen it recently i think you should revisit it because i think you're right aside from like the creepy Patrick Elijah Wood character, uh, like it, it stands up really well to the test of time. I, I, I really, really thought that it, I mean, it's still just as original and interesting. And I think that the visual effects are pretty amazing giving, given this was only like a $20 million budget. Um, mm -hmm. and they still had to pay some of these actors something, you know, I, I am just blown away. I really loved this, this film. Yeah, for sure. Kate Winslet is excellent, obviously, getting the uh, Oscar nomination. Uh, Jim Carrey is equally as excellent as Joel. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't uh, care for Jim Carrey's uh, comedic stylings. You know, he's Ventura in the mask, but that's definitely not this. It's uh, it's definitely definitely turned on this uh, more dramatic role, and he's excellent in it. So, yeah, definitely very glad to have watched it. And uh, if our conversation right now is your first introduction to this film, uh, do us a favor and forget that. Go see, uh, <laughs> go see, go see, Oza. It. Go see Look Lacuna, go see Lacuna, get your mind wiped and go see it, you know, for yourself first, hopefully before you uh, listen to us talk about it here, because, yeah, it's it's a pretty special film uh, for sure. And definitely, you know, it sets the mood. It's it's not this uh, very lovey-dovey romantic thing, but it's a really good kind of examination of uh, of relationships through these uh this uh this memory thing so uh yeah pretty cool pretty cool stuff so let us know at home if you've seen eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and where you would rank it on your valentine's day watch list and let us know if you make an eternal sunshine cocktail aka the blue ruin because we want to know that we want to see pictures of your cocktails and all that stuff if you want to see pictures of our cocktails and uh the ingredient list uh recipe guides all that stuff you can find that on our website www.drinkthemovies.com uh, go there and that's going to have links to all of our social medias. So hit up the social medias, uh, you know, send us pictures, let us know, uh, feedback, all that stuff is really great. So you can do that on at drink the movies on Instagram and X and threads and blue sky and facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, and Michaela, now that we've got Valentine's day sorted here with eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, next thing to do is to uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Where can people do that? You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Good pods, near pods, in your rectangle right now, there is a subscribe button, I promise. And you can press it if you want to hear us. We do two drops a week usually um, on, our regular, on our regular channel. Um, we are knocked out that we get to do this and we couldn't do it without y'all. Um, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to leave us a review, we would really love that on any of the forums that you have uh, heard us on. Uh, that would be great. We're all over uh, Facebook. Please you know, share us with your friends. It uh, really helps us get the drink, the movies out there. Talk to everybody about the Oscar pickums because you don't have to be uh, a regular fan. You could be, but you don't have to be a regular fan to, to join our Oscar pickum contest. Um, mm -hmm. Let everybody know because it's, that's a really fun time and we only do it during Oscar season. 
That's right. Absolutely. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, that was really, really good one, Michaela. But, you know, now I, in this in this week of love, we got a, we got a lot to think about and a lot of uh, memories to uh, get purged or to cement into place, even if we have to go back to like our childhood memories to, to you know, to uh, make sure uh, we keep those intact. So let's do this. Let's go off. We'll make ourselves another uh, Blue Ruin cocktail. Uh, we'll toast to love, love loss and all that stuff. And we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink, drink the, the movies. movies. It would be different if we could give it another go round. Remember me. Try your best. Maybe we can. <laughs>